0: How's everybody this morning? Good, good. That's cool. I love y'all. Y'all good people. Showed up for church. Yeah. I want to talk to you this morning. I think that one of the things that I always like to, I don't know if you've ever like got lost before whenever you were driving. Yeah. Well, now it, it, I used to have to think when I was driving because we didn't have the the we didn't have our phones to tell us where to go. And now when we have our phones, our tell our phones, tell us recalculate, recalculate. Recal-. And it's like, and then it gets annoying because it, cause you, sometimes we know better than the phone knows. Yeah. Sometimes we know the way and they don't know the way and they're trying to mess us up. <laughs> and sometimes I think it's kind of that way with God. It, he's like, You know the way here, and you're depending on somebody else to tell you how to get there. That's the way of the world today, and we have to be careful. Really, honestly, don't you believe we have to be careful that we are not seduced, a big word to use in church, but we're we're not seduced by the way the world tells us to live our lives. Because I'm going to tell you something. (laughs) I don't know if you know it or not, or if you're paying attention, but the world really doesn't like the church business. They don't like. They don't like God. They don't like. Uh, it's like you ever say, "Don't tell me what to do," and it's kind of the way of the world, the way of the world. And if we're not careful, we'll get, we'll get caught up, and our, our God's word will get mingled with what the world's saying. And if we don't really know if God, what God's saying, then we don't really know what to listen to. And so I just wanted to tell you today that you did the right thing this morning when you got up and you got your kids ready and, and you're, you're like, we're going to church. All you people watching online, wherever you're at, you're doing the right thing. Hey, let's give all the people online a hand. Thanks for watching. We love you. Beautiful. Uh, God's doing a wonderful thing in the world today, regardless of what the world is doing. Did you know that God doesn't need permission from the world to do what he's going to do? He said, I'll build my church. God said, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, at the end of the day, we win. I like I read the end of the book, and it's okay. We're going to be all right. So I want to talk to you this morning about the most valuable things. And in our world today, we have a lot of priorities, and we have a lot of things that we think are important, and things that we believe that are valuable. And a lot of us have different value systems, but... Don't you think it would be important for us to know what is God's valuable, God's value system and what the things that God values? So if we belong to God, shouldn't we value the same things? Honestly, yeah, that he values because... It's just like there's a lot of things tugging and pulling at us for our values. And a lot of times our value systems gets convoluted. And even in the church, because there's a lot of, a lot of I don't know if you knew it or not, but there's a lot of religions out there. There's a boatload of religions out there. And a lot of people say, I've, I've heard people say this. Well, all religions are good. Well, they might be good but they're not godly because God's not up there like like somebody makes up a new religion and that's what happens right somebody makes up a new religion and God's going huh never thought about that <laughs> we get to thinking so and I'm not, I'm not even saying what I'm saying is is that God is not going to ask you when you get to heaven, what is your religion? And I'm going to talk to you about the essentials of what God values this morning. And God, it was the religion. by the way, it was the religious people, the religions that hung Jesus on the cross. So they're not all good. They got convoluted and they got, got uh, influenced by their own uh, selfish desires. And uh, my name is Randy Weaver, and sometimes I get influenced by my own selfish desires. Anybody with me? Yeah. <laughs> I said, my name is Randy Weaver, and I get influenced by sometimes by my own selfish de- desires. Anybody with me? About yeah, okay. I was just thinking about it. I just I thought, I thought for a minute we just needed to dismiss because everybody was perfect. <laughs> but I think a lot of times we try to negotiate with God, and sometimes we try to negotiate the non-negotiables. And sometimes even when we don't get what we want, we uh, argue with God. Uh, I've been married for 35 years. And uh, just the greatest gift that I've ever had, aside from my relationship with God, is, is the wife that he gave me. Because it's just like, I would not be who I am today. Is, we used to argue a lot, but we don't argue so much anymore. But the other day, we was, we was on an elevator, and uh, we was arguing. And I found out that I was wrong on so many levels. <laughs> I don't know if the first service was awake or not, but they, they didn't laugh at all like y'all uh, <laughs> And I know it's not funny, but the, the other thing is, is that uh, uh, since I've gotten older, sometimes I my posture isn't what it should be, and uh, so daughter was telling me that I need to do something about my posture, so I stand corrected. And that was even worse, wasn't it? (laughs) But a lot of times we do try to argue about things that really don't matter. A lot of times when we argue, uh, I couldn't tell you a week later what we argued about, but I remember that we had an argument. So that really tells me what we argued about was not that important. And so it can't be that we always have to get our way, but it, the important thing is for God to always get his way. And what I want to talk to you this morning about in the book of Micah, if, you'll, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Micah chapter 6. Um, it's almost like, like God takes the people to court and he lets, he lets the people come to court and he's, he's on the stand. And uh, let me just read it to you. In Micah chapter six, verse one, says, "Hear now what the Lord says. Arise and plead your case." In other words, here's the courtroom. Plead your case before the mountains, and, and let the hills hear what your vo- hear your voice. Hear, O you mountains, the Lord's complaint. So the Lord had a complaint that he was lodging against the nation of Israel. It says, and you strong foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a complaint against his people. God says, I have a complaint against my people, and he will contend with Israel. Verse 3, oh, my people, what have I done to you? And how have I wearied you? Testify, go ahead, testify against me, for I brought you up out of the land of Egypt i brought you up out of slavery i redeemed you from the house of bondage and i sent before you moses aaron and miriam it says i've I brought all these blessings to you and we anybody remember that song count your blessings name them one by one count your blessings see what god has done count your blessings Name them one by one. I guess you didn't remember that one. (laughs) Count your many blessings. See what God has done. It's a good old song. I would sing more of it to you, but I don't remember it. (laughs) Verse 5. It's important for us to count our blessings, to the point. Verse 5. All my people remember. Everybody say, Remember. Remember now what Balak, king of Moab, counselled, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him from Acacia Grove to Gilgal, that you may know the righteousness of the Lord. Uh, Balaam and Balak. Balak was the king. Balaam was the guy that rode the, donkey, the talking donkey that that uh, uh, God stopped the 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 angel of the Lord stopped the donkey because. Balak, the king, wanted to bribe the preacher, the prophet, wanted to bribe the prophet to pronounce a curse against Israel, and God intervened for his people, and it was actually one of his people that was trying to bring a curse, wanted to bring a curse on his people. His own people wanted to bring a curse on his own. His own person wanted to bring a curse on his own people. Anybody ever hear the term friendly fire? Yeah. Friendly fire is not that friendly sometimes. Sometimes it's an enemy firing that's, that's in the camp. And so here, here's what God's saying. He says, remember this deal here. Verse 6, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? This is Micah talking, the prophet, Shall I come before the before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will will the Lord be pleased? Will the Lord? He's talking about, so what would please God? And he's almost talking like with his tongue in cheek. He said, would the Lord be pleased? Because the people are listening. The people who are not uh, not getting it. You ever been around people just, they just don't get it? He's talking about the people that just don't get it. He said, will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams? 10,000 rivers of oil shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions? The fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. And then here it is, get ready. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? So that's where we're at today. What does the Lord require? If, if this scripture, when I read this scripture, I thought to myself, I need to know this. I need to know what God, anybody with me. I mean, like, the very most important things is what God requires, not what the government requires, not what anybody else requires, but it's important. If God's going to tell me what God requires of me, I really need to hear it. So here's what he says. The Lord God requires of you, but to do justly, to do the right thing, do justly, to love justice. Really, really love justice. Don't uh, don't uh, defund the police. Love justice. <laughs> I just, <laughs> to love mercy, what the Lord requires, love mercy. I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty cool, honestly, to love mercy, because, like, if it wasn't for mercy, we'd all burn in hell. I mean, every cotton picking one of us would be burning in hell if it wasn't for God's mercy. So he said, why don't you just love mercy then? Because I am a merciful God. He said, love mercy. And when we love mercy, what we do is we find somebody that doesn't deserve mercy, and we give mercy to them because we love mercy. I'm waiting for everybody. I'll wait on you all out there is mad at somebody. I said, we give mercy to those who don't deserve mercy why should we do that? The, well, I'm glad you asked that question. Because when you were doing things that transge- transgressed against God, God gave you mercy. And because you have been given mercy when you were stupid, yes. God gives, wants to give you, give, for you to give mercy to somebody else when they're not doing the right thing. Amen. It's not right for us just to want it for ourselves and to, to be mercy hoarders. So he said, Love mercy. And then he says, To walk humbly with your God. Back in my day, they had a country song, Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror. You saw him sing it with me. (laughs) I I get better looking each day to love, to to know me is to love me. And then we'll stop right there because it starts cussing. (laughs) <laughs> it says, oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect every way. See, humble people are teachable people. And whenever somebody gives you the truth and it is contrary to what you think the truth was, there is a there is a bombardment and there has to be submission to one or the other has to submit when 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 your truth bombards with God's truth God always trumps your truth I can, I got to get a big old way man from everybody that came to church this morning I said God always trumps our truth if it is if it is if it conflicts with his truth. So it's it's challenging because the truth is, that. the truth is, is that God is always right and we're just still learning. We don't have it all figured out. If we had it all figured out, we wouldn't even need to, we wouldn't even need God. That's what he said, that's why he says that, that following him is a process and we never really arrive, we don't all, we don't ever get it all figured out because his ways are higher than our ways. And, and, and his ways, our ways aren't as high as his ways. And he knows better than we know. Amen. So we, we come before him. And this, I'm talking about humility and talking about humbling ourselves before God and saying, God, I trust you with the things that I don't understand. I trust you when I don't understand what's going on in my life. I trust you when when things go wrong and and I don't know why it went wrong and and maybe There's just a lot of things that are happening in our world today that is very difficult to understand. But thank God that his love never changes. It never runs out. And it's always going to be there for people who will love him. He is there for us because we understand that we must be humble before our God because we don't have it all figured out. But he certainly does. And we're going to cling to his unchanging hand because I'm going to tell you something. Anybody who is uh, a cripple needs, to be, needs a crutch. Yeah. And honestly, we, uh, do we not stumble just about every week? Do we not stumble? And sometimes, sometimes it's a tough deal. I'm mean, just going to tell you, we need God's help. And and people, a lot of people, they're like, man, that, that Christianity, that's just, that's just, they're just, they don't have it all figured out. They're not right. Well, we do know the one who does have it all figured out. And we study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And we know what we know, but we don't know everything. There's a lot of churches and a lot of preachers that'll preach to you that they got it all figured out. Let me tell you something. Run from them people. Run from them people, because God is the only one that's got it all figured out. And our, our, yeah, thank you, thank you. Let's give him a, he is the only one that's got it all figured out. Now, our world, this world that I'm, I'm that we're talking about this morning, they want you to think that they've got it all figured out. That genders and pronouns and, and everything like that is more important than the mercy and the truth and that that they can tell you what to do. And let me tell you something, parents, you, you need to, I don't, that's not a good way to say it. Parents, you are the ones that are responsible for raising your children. Not the school system. You're re- you are the ones that's responsible. Not the government. You have to be the one that's responsible. For your children. And, and for voting people into our school systems. And having teachers. My goodness. Teachers bless God. Thank God for good teachers, but we cannot be seduced by the lies that the world will try to intimidate and manipulate us into thinking that they really do know what's best for us. Because God, listen, God is the only one. He is the only one that knows what's best for us. And it's not the government. We got to pray for, pray for him, though. So too often we get wrapped up in the non-essentials and we put the cart before the horse when we major on the minors, do we not? Uh, in Naples, Italy, it's a city. In recent years, they've been on the verge of bankruptcy uh, and they've had problems with organized crime and underfunded police departments. And so, they de- they was wondering, so what they did, they, they spent money. So what did they spend their money on? And what did they invest in? Well, here it is: They have begun to DNA test. they have begun DNA tests on dog feces, so that they can prosecute residents who do not pick up after their dogs. And in the city in a city with so many problems, especially financial ones, it is strange to spend money on dog poop. Tommaso Sedano, the vice mayor, says, I know that some people find it funny that with all the problems the city has that we would focus on dog poop. Well, yeah. (laughs) I'm telling you, our world today is ate up with majoring on the minor things, and the major things is to love mercy, to do justly, and to walk humbly with your God. So ancient, ancient Israel, they had problems. Micah was the prophet in Judah, and Isaiah was the prophet in the royal court of Jerusalem. Michael, Micah prophesied to the common people of, of Judah. It was more of a rural farming community. But the, the message from God was, it was the same for everybody because we all know that, that honestly, people... Cultures change, and time changes, and technology changes, but the heart is what God is interested in, and and the heart of mankind really uh, it, it 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 has the same things drag. That drug the hearts of the people in Israel down are still trying to drag the people in Montgomery down, still trying to drag the people. No matter where we're living, uh, the same devil that tries to deceive the church because he's the father of deception, that means that he's better at it than anybody else because he's the father of deception. And honestly, if uh, you, might be, you might be here today and say, Well, I'm not being deceived. Let me tell you something about deception. If you're being deceived, you don't really know that you're being deceived. That's why they call it deception. (laughs) So we have to ask God and be willing and uh, brave enough to ask God... Is there deception in my world? Is there some deception that I have bought into? And I pray that myself because I don't want to to buy into any of the deceptions of, away from God's word. And we we have to have God. We have to have His word. And we have to study the word of God. It's not that it's not that we just get God's word by osmosis or uh, by chanting kumbaya. We have to study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that needeth not to be ashamed. So even though the message, even though the people were experiencing relative peace and prosperity, their sin before God was mounting up to a grievous height. In other words, they had a lot of really good things going for them. Kind of like us. We got a lot of really, really good things going for us. But just because it's going good and things are, I mean, thank God for air conditioning and, and all the good things we have. Amen. I mean, it's, it's blessing. God. Air, most of us have air conditioning in our, in our pickups and stuff like that, and that's good. But just because things are going good on the outside doesn't always mean that it's going good on the inside. And God teaches us to guard our hearts with all diligence, because it says that man looks on the outward appearance God man just looks on the outside of us, and we spend a lot of time getting ourselves ready to, for to present ourselves to the world and we, we do appreciate you taking a shower and all that i'm not saying that but <laughs> but it's more important to God what is going on in our heart than than what's going on on the outside of us. God's blessings is the blessings of keeping a pure heart before him. And I will say this, that we must keep our hearts soft before God's and teachable and pliable. Because whenever we, we do justly, we love mercy and we, walk humbly with our God, what it means is that we guard our heart with all diligence and we pay attention that our heart doesn't get hardened by the things of the world because we we will wind up arguing with the world and spending all of our time arguing with the world instead of presenting the peace that passes understanding which is Jesus and the joy that no tongue can tell which comes from Jesus. Everything that comes from Jesus is such a wonderful thing and if the enemy can distract you and make you angry about everything that's going on in the world, you will never have time to talk about Jesus. Or go to connect. (laughs) Walk this way. (laughs) So Jesus, he knew all about it. So we, what we do, we connect the Old Testament with the New Testament. Back in the day, the same things that was happening back in Micah's day was the same thing that was happening when Jesus showed up. And in Matthew chapter 15, verse 7, it says this. Jesus starts out this verse with the word hypocrites. Well, at least he didn't, Uh, now I know a lot of people would be offended because our world gets offended at everything anybody says these days. I mean, you can't say, boo, oh, that's offensive, and that's racist, too. You can't do that. Jesus, he's like, yeah, you're a bunch of hypocrites. Let me talk to you. (laughs) I love Jesus, don't you? I mean, it's like, he was so cool, still is. He says, hypocrites, well, did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying these people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain, oh, man, in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. He said, in vain, he said, they're spending their time Worship me, worshiping me, but really they're worshiping me in vain because their heart is far from anything that I have for them. So, God, through the prophet Micah, speaks to the people like in a courtroom setting to plead their case against the charges that God has brought against them. He says, Hear the Lord, O God, hear you mountains and the foundations, for the Lord has a complaint against his people, and he will contend with Israel. You remember the last couple weeks we talked about uh, that there's some things in life that we need to forget. And the scripture was forgetting the the things which are behind. We press on toward the prize for the high calling which Christ has called us to. And God has called each one of us to the prize and, and to use the gifts and the talents that he's given us to move forward with the prize that he's called us to. But We must forget all of the transgressions of our past because God forgets. He says he casts our sins as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against us. God doesn't keep track of your sins. If you will confess your sins to God, he will be faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Aren't you thankful for that? Thank God that He forgets him, but a lot of times we don't forget because we we got we got this 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 shame thing that the devil puts on us. Oh, I got to come down there. I said we got this shame thing that the devil puts on us, and we are oh man, I'm just I'm just a bad person because I did this, and then God's God's like, hey, I forgave you that. Could you just act like I forgave you and move on with life and start talking about the beauty of, that God has for us? Are you going to be distracted and, and own the shame that the world has put on you? Or are you going to walk in the light as I shed the light in your path? It's your choice. I'm not going to make you, Jesus is saying, I'm not going to make you do the right thing, but but I'm going to provide a way for you to do the right way. But you have to make the choice individually. The preacher can't make it for you. Your mama and your daddy can't make it for you. You have to make the decision to follow him him and to be who God has called you to be and rise up because the distractions of this world will keep you from the God of your future and if you allow this world to distract you and take the precious time that God has given you then you will back up and won't be able to go forward with the things that God has for you and it will rob you of your peace and joy because, and contentment because you won't know why you are here. 1 Timothy six, 6 says this, it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Anybody know somebody that's uh, really godly, but they're miserable to be around? I mean, just like, you don't want to be around them because they're just like, yeah, 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 yeah but they know the Bible inside and out. They're very well read with the Bible. They're really smart. They can quote scriptures. They've got to memorize and everything, but you don't want to be around them because they're, they're just they're just miserable. But it says godliness with contentment. Not, not just being godly, but be, being godly with contentment. How can you have con- contentment with the godliness? I think it's a question worth asking, and I think it tells us about that in Micah, where it says, do justly. In other words, do the right thing. Being content is actually doing the right thing, even if it's not easy, even if it's hard, even if it's difficult, even if it uh, brings pain to you. So how many times have you grown when you were really blessed by God compared to the times when you had a lot of pain in your life? Did you grow more from the pain or did you grow more from the blessings? Yeah, 100%. People always run into church when they're in pain. I get a lot of people, a lot of people come down and give, give their heart to the Lord when they're in pain. But when they get feeling better, it's like, it's like a little kid fell off the roof. He was rolling down the roof, and he said, oh, God, help me. His pant leg got hung up on the nail, and he stopped. He said, thanks, God. I can make it from here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God wants people to love him because they love him, because their heart is right toward him, and it's not going to be just a certain circumstance that they run to God. They're going to run to God because they love him, and, and, the, and they love to do the right thing. Now, do we always do the right thing? No. We don't. The other day I was a roping a few months back. And uh, in the roping world, they, they, it, it's handicapped, kind of like golf, golfing is handicapped. And you're handicapped according to how good you rope, And so it was uh, uh, a number 10 roping, and, and your numbers have to add up to the number 10 well, what they did, the, the, the draw, and they'll draw your partners. So the draw drew a lot of, the, a lot of people, higher number of ropers, ropers than they should have been able to rope with. And it just so happened that I was one of them. And uh, I, I, I drew some really good partners that I could have probably could have really, I mean, it was like really good. And a friend of mine, and I said, I think they missed, I think, they, I think the computer messed up. He's, he's looking his, he's, mine's wrong too. And I'm thinking I'm going to win the roping. And my buddy says, we got to tell him. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just like, you all with me? You ever, you ever been there? You know what I'm talking about? It helped me. Holy Spirit, like, Randy, really? (laughs) Really? You're gonna do that? All right. You're right. I told him, you're right. We gotta tell him. But I mean, I got convicted right there on the spot because because of the situation. You're gonna have some situations this week, you're gonna be convicted. Y'all with me? Yes. You're going to be convicted. What? Well, how do we react with the conviction? That's the. And if we have a soft heart toward God, and we know the truth of the Word of God, we're going to do the right thing. And let me just say this: even if you don't do the right thing, don't run from God. Run back to Him and apologize. It doesn't mean that we always do the right thing, but when we do mess up, we run to God and say, "God, please forgive." The problem is. A lot of shame takes over, and you think that God's mad. I hear people, I had a text this week, he thought God was mad at you. Listen, God is not mad at you. He died on the cross for you. He wants you into his kingdom. He said, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He is faithful. So, what does the Lord require? I read a book this past week uh, well I've been reading it called the purpose. I read it before I'm reading it again it's called the purpose driven life by Rick Warren and and he talks about uh, when we get to heaven and we stand before God what will what will God say I think that's a pretty good question don't you I mean wouldn't you it, it's kind of like it's kind of like if you're in school and you have a test and you know, you know the question that's gonna be asked, right? And then the answers in the back of the book, right? So you're gonna go to the back of the book and you're gonna get all the answers and like like before the test, and so you'll know all the answers. That's what this is like, okay? So it's like the one thing that God will ask you is, What did you do with my son? Because really, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. So we have to accept Jesus' as sacrifice for our sins in order to have eternal life. So the most important question is where you will, and, and the first question determines where you spend eternity. The first question determines whether you'll spend eternity in heaven that was prepared for you. Or if you'll spend eternity in hell, if we'll spend eternity in hell, because we never accepted Jesus, we, we turned our back on the truth of God and we listened to the, what what the world says and, and the different theories that are out there about how you get to heaven by being a good person and all that. That was the problem by the way with the children of Israel. they, they thought that they could get to heaven by doing by sacrificing rivers of, of oil or uh, herge of herds of sheep, but God was saying no. He said, this is what I require of you. Do the right thing, accept my son, it's your personal savior. Do the right thing here. If you want to spend eternity with me, I'm making this, I'm telling you, I'm giving you answer to the question, and it's real easy, but it's your choice, and God's not gonna make you, you all with me? He's not gonna make you say, I invite you into my heart. He's not going to make you do that. So the first question has to do with our eternal home. And it is, what, would, what, what, have you, what did you do with my son? And the second question that God will ask us is, is, what did you do with the gifts that I gave you? You remember the parable of the talents, how the, everybody got a certain amount of talents, and, and then the master comes back, and it's, it's a parable of what's gonna happen uh, whenever we stand before God. God's gonna ask us, What did we do with the talents that he gave us? Because everybody has specific talents. Everybody say, I have a talent. And <laughs> see, a lot of people have more talents than other people, and God, God doesn't judge you according to how many talents. Uh, your neighbor has, or how many talents your spouse has, or how many talents your friends have. He judges us according to how many talents we have. And it's not like because I'm the preacher that I get I get more stars in my crown. No, what happens is according to what God has given you will be the way that you are rewarded for eternity. So the Bible says that we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. The the great white throne judgment will be the judgment seat that God stands where all of the sinners come before God. And that's where they will be judged. And that's where it says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord. So that's where the judgment seat will, uh, uh, the, the, the great white throne judgment, but the judgment seat of Christ is where Jesus will judge us according to the works that we've done and we'll be rewarded according to what we've done in this life. And I do believe, and there's no place in the Bible that actually says this, so this is just Randy Weaver talking, Okay? Okay? I believe that we will have an eternal reward. That that it will be an eternal reward ongoing by what we did with the gifts and the talents that we have here on this earth. Because he said we will be rewarded. What that reward looks like, we don't know. But I believe it will be an eternal reward. So it's important for us to figure out what we're good at. What are we good at? And what has God called us to do? Everybody say, I'm called. I would like for everybody to say that I'm called. There's a scripture that says, Many are called and few are chosen. And a lot of people think, Well, God didn't choose me. That's not what it means. I'm going to tell you something. This doctrine that it swirls around in churches today that God picks and chooses people to go to heaven is not from God. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a place of repentance for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him should not perish. I'm going to tell you something. That doctrine that says God picks and chooses sovereignly who go to heaven is not biblical. Now they can they can squirm it around and make it look like it's biblical but it's not. God wants you to go to heaven and don't let Don't ever let anybody tell you that you're just not good enough to go to heaven. God made it possible for anybody and everybody, but it's a choice that we make as individuals. Are we going to follow Jesus or not? And it's completely up to you because Jesus has already made it possible for you to come into his kingdom and to make heaven your home for eternity. That's about all I got to say about that. I think that That's about it. It's good, isn't it? I love Jesus so much. My goodness. Such a blessing to have him. So Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for making it clear, Lord, what you require of us and it's it's Really, everything that's really good for us, that you have our goodness. You have our good in mind with everything that you do and everything you create and everything that you say. Bless your church today. Bless your people watching online. Help us, Lord, to follow you closely. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment. Jesus said behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone open if anyone open I'll come in and be with them and basically what he's saying is he "says I'm standing at your heart's door and I'm knocking would you open that door and let me in if you came to my door at my house and knocked on the door I would have a choice whether I would open the door and let you in or not I want you to know today that Jesus, if you've never accepted him, that Jesus is knocking on your door. It's pretty, pretty simple. If you open your heart's door to him, he said, I'll come in and I'll live with you and I'll be with you. And God sends the Holy Spirit to live in us and with us. And it's all a choice that we make as individuals. Will we, do we want God's forgiveness? Do we want his love? Do we, do we want the things that God has for us? So this morning, if you've never accepted him as your Savior, maybe if you have, you just haven't been living for him. God loves you. He wants you to spend eternity with him. That's why he created you. So if you've never accepted him, maybe if you haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody. Preacher, that's me. Slip your hand up high. Anybody. Anybody. Thank you, Lord. Slip your hand up. I don't want to miss anybody. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? God contended... With Israel because God loved Israel God Israel was God's chosen people and and now we've been adopted uh, as God's chosen people and It's important that uh, We We accept everything that God has for us amen How many need help? accepting everything that God has for you raise your hand you, you need help to believe it and, and know that you that God knows you and that he's got a, got you in mind let's let's raise our hands I want to pray for y'all everybody online watching raise your hands I want to I want to pray for y'all too Lord I thank you for loving us I thank you Lord for everybody here today I thank you Lord that you have made your word real to us. Lord, may we not get caught up in the minor things of life, but, Lord, to major on the things that you major on, Lord, that we follow you close, that we are faithful to you and faithful to your word. May we not argue with you anymore ever, ever again and believe your word when you we read your word and that we walk in that light. Lord, may you charge the batteries of everybody here today and that our, our light would not grow dim for you, Lord, that we would be l- l- uh, lit up people for you. <laughs> in Jesus' name, we thank you for the power. In Jesus' name. And everybody say Amen. Amen. I love you I'll Go out there and let your light shine for Jesus. We got our prayer team up here if you need Special prayer. Love to have you. God bless you.